Did your heart just beat? Okay, then praise God. Join us in prayer and fellowship in the name of Jesus. We would love to pray with you and for you in faith. God is an amazing God. His word lasts forever, and I believe you will be blessed as we all fellowship in the name of Jesus Christ. So Luke chapter 15, we're going to start at verse uh, 11 and then go to the end of the chapter. To illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this, tell them this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now instead of waiting until you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and took a trip to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money on wild living. And about that time, his money ran out. A great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him to feed his pigs. The boy became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs was looking good to him. But no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the hired men have food enough to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired man. Verse 20. So he returned home to his father. And while him coming, I'm sorry. And while he was still a long distance away, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son and embraced him and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put, put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf we have been fattening We have been fattening in the pen. We must celebrate with a feast for this son of mine was dead and now he has returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. Meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working. When he returned home, he heard music dancing in the house and he asked one of his servants, what is going on? And they said, your brother is back. He was told your, to your father that he was he has killed the calf and fattened and has prepared a great feast. We are all celebrated because of his safe return. The older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him. But he replied, all these years, I've worked hard for you and never once refused to do a single thing for you. And in all that time, you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet when this son of yours come back after squandering all your money on prostitutes, he celebrated by killing the finest calf we have. His father said to him, look, dear son, you and I are very close and everything I have is yours. We have had we had to celebrate this happy day. For your brother was dead and has come back to life. 
he was lost, but now he is found. Amen. Amen. So that's the story of the prodigal son. What does the word prodigal mean? Prodigal means reckless and basically like just just reckless. Reckless and like disobedient. How do you spell it? P-R-O-D-I-C-D-I-G-A-L. Having or giving something on a lavish scale, so you're just spending money, money, just buying, just doing, doing whatever. whatever. Yep. No regard. spending a lot of money, just doing whatever with it, whatever. Just yep. Buying this, buying that, buying that, spending, spending, spending. Yep. So the Lord put on me to talk to you guys about the prodigal son, and the son was the youngest brother. He was the youngest of the two sons. And so he wanted, like I said, he wanted his, he was, basically he was unsatisfied at home. I got a question. Mm-hmm. Did, who, is that a, a story that Jesus told? It's a story that Jesus told. Yeah. Jesus, that's, that's mm-hmm. Jesus' word. About basically like the lost sheep. It's another parable of the lost sheep. Okay. It's basically, it's right before, it's right after the lost sheep story. And so the, uh, the prodigal son he had, well, I'm going to start back. I call this, I call this, how did I get here? How did I get here? Mm-hmm. This is called, how did I get here? You see, in the scripture we read that, you know, the prodigal son, I imagine that This son thought he was, you know, grown enough, big enough to live on his own. And uh, he was puffed up and did not want to live by by any rules. He wanted to live on his own. No boundaries, no rules, no nothing. So he came to his dad and said he wanted his inheritance. He said, I don't want want to wait till you die. I want what you was going to give me. Basically, when you die, what I was going to get, I want it right now because I'm I'm about to get up out of here. Um, So the dad was like, okay. Inheritance is like what somebody leaves to you, like something of value or something like that. If somebody leaves to you, you inherit it. Right. So, like I said, I'm paraphrasing, meaning I'm just I'm I'm speaking, trying to put it into you guys' understanding. He wanted to go to like a big city and live, you know, in a big city, go downtown and 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 live it up, you know, live how he wanted to live, and and so. Um, so what he got was what he received, you know, and like I said, the word prodigal means reckless um, or wasteful. So he was just just going through, spending all his money and living wildly and, and just doing all kinds of stuff that didn't see fit to the Lord. Because basically what he wanted to do was um, and, and he left. And like I said, he was living up because he was unsatisfied with something. He was unsatisfied with something at the house because, you know, he grew up in a home. If you read deeper into it, he grew up in a home where, you know, his dad worshiped God and followed God's word and stuff like that. And. Uh, and, and basically, like, he was like, OK, well, I'm the younger brother. So even once dad 
passes away, I still won't be able to do exactly what I want to do because it goes down. It goes to the bigger brother. So he still wouldn't be able to to live a way he wanted to live unless he were to leave. And so he left. He left and he was living it up and spending money and going to parties and doing all kinds of stuff and doing everything. And, and so um, once he and, and like I said, once he spent all his money right at that time, boom, a famine hit, meaning he didn't have money to buy anything. He, he couldn't buy food to, to save up because he didn't have anything. And so he begged people to work for them and they all turned him down and everything. And so he begged this. He convinced it says he convinced a farmer to hire him as help for to tend to his animals, to his pigs. And so he was feeding the pigs and everything. And and he was so hungry that like the, the muck, the just the throwaway food, the pig food, just the throwaway stuff was starting to look good to him. Because that's how hungry he was. Now, remember, he came from a, a, a royal, a high place. He came from a high family where, his, his, like I said, his dad had servants working for him and, and all kinds of stuff. They was, they was pretty okay. And, and so that's when the Lord put on him, like, even at home, our servants have more than enough to spare. And I'm here starving myself because I want to to be outside of my family, be outside of my father. I'm dying because I want to be grown. I want to do it on my own. And and so that's when he realized, like, I got to go home. I, I got to go home. So he went back home. And from a distance, his dad seen him. And they started and he ran to him, gave him a hug and kissed him. And he was sorrowful for what happened. He, and basically his dad was like, son, I forgive you. You're back now. That's all that matters is that you realize you do not want to be like that no more. And so he came back. And but then his older brother was gotten mad. His older brother got mad at his dad. Like, look, I've been here the whole time and I ain't never get no parties. I ain't never get anything to celebrate me. But the dad was like, son, me and you have been together. This whole time, everything that I've gotten, you have gotten. So there wasn't a need for you to have a party because everything that I have, you have. All the food, all the, the everything. So there's not a need for that. But our, our, your brother, my son, was lost. But he came back and now he's found. You, you, you get what I'm saying? He's, that's why they threw that party to basically reward him to coming back. And so the brother's like, okay, yeah, I mean, that pretty much is true. And so I say that to to go into what what I wanted to preach on is that the same thing happens when a believer comes back to Christ or a believer accepts Christ in their heart. What happens in heaven? Heaven rejoices. Heaven rejoices. What do they do, Taylor? What? What, what happens when somebody accepts God? What happens in heaven? It's in paradise, yeah, but it's a party. Remember what I'm saying? It's it's a party once. Heaven is rejoicing. Heaven is like, thank you, Jesus. We got one person back. And so you guys know about the lost sheep, right? No. It's like 
lost. Yep, one sheep was lost. But when they found that one sheep, what happened? They celebrated because it was his. We are God's children. So just like that father, that father had was rejoicing. He was super happy that his son came back because he understood the meaning of what had to happen. He understood like, OK, this not just about me, but it's about my father. He came back saying, I'm sorry. Forgive me. And the father forgave him with no, it, it, the scripture says the dad forgave him with no reservations. It, it was just like, my son, you're back. Let's, let's throw a party. Let's, let's, I'm excited. He didn't scold him. Nothing. He didn't like get on him about it or tell him how, how irresponsible he was and how he was disappointed or nothing because he wasn't disappointed in him, but he didn't do all of that stuff. Right, that's what I'm saying. And so, the, like I said, once that once that son, the youngest son, realized, he had a revelation. He thought, "How did I get here?" Meaning, I'm eating with pigs. They food look good to me. Because, and that revelation came because he wanted something better. He knew that he was unsatisfied. At first, he was unsatisfied for living in a home. Where there's rules, where you have to follow, just like God's law, just like the Bible. We have to follow the Bible. Those are rules that we have to live by. He didn't want to live by stuff like that. He, he didn't want to live by the rules so of the what family. Happened, what made him leave again? He left because... Basically, he was just unsatisfied. He just, he wanted, he just wanted his money. He wanted everything that his father was going to give him when he died. Well, but, so, but the other so brother just got left. it that too, though. The other brother got it too. But he just didn't leave. Right. He divided the father divided up what was going to be his once he had died. Okay. So the other brother, it didn't say the other brother got the inheritance. It just said the father divided it up and gave the son what was his, and so he had left. But they both got what was theirs. One, I'm just guessing, didn't leave. Right. That's what I'm assuming as well. He probably just did. He just probably okay. This is my inheritance, and you know, that's time go. You know, whatever. But the other one left. Yeah, the other one left. Okay. And and like I said, he was probably unsatisfied with. Him not being able to do what he wants to do or anything like that because he went out and lived recklessly. So he lived the way he wanted to live. Because he still, he kind of knew it would kind of be kind of like a my house, my rules type of thing. Yeah. Because his son said, when the other son, he said, I did everything that you. So he basically saying like, well, I, while I was here, I was under yo, I was doing what you wanted me to do. Right. And then he said, like, how did he get a celebration when he left? And, and he, you didn't have no control over what he did. Right. But you celebrating, and I've been here the whole time. And, and probably like with my hair, this is still yeah. doing what you. And then that's why the father said, "What is mine was yours." Mm. Think about that. Daddy got us this house, but it's yours, right? So if you leave, it ain't no longer yours, right? You, you see what I'm saying? <laughs> right. But what I'm saying is this: just like how. How God is with us. I'm just, I'm putting myself in the the parable of the dad. This mommy and daddy's house. Mommy and daddy. Yeah, we bought the house. Okay. And so listen. So now listen. Amen. All glory to God. But what I'm trying to get you guys to understand is he had left, you know, and that's just like people with, with with Jesus. P- 
People leave or people don't accept it. People don't want to live by the rules. So they want to do their own thing and then they live the way they live. And then they accept Christ. Like, whoa, I was living recklessly. I was living bad. I was living a way that I shouldn't have been living. And then they come back and, are, and heaven rejoices because they're not sending their self to hell. They want to have fellowship with Jesus. They want to know God. They want to have peace. They want to have something that's better than materialistic stuff, better than money, meaning uh, eternal life in heaven. Not, not do anything that we can do here and then go to hell. But they're saying, I want something. It's, it's something greater than a possession. It's great, something greater than something that I can have or own. And I want to know what that is. And so with, the, with that son, like I said, it's the same thing with God. That's why they rejoiced. That's why they were happy. So when the son came back, they had a party. But then the brother got mad. And that's the same thing with, with us, with people. We'll get mad because we don't see, we don't get the things that they get. Like how they get that and they, they was bad, they lived this way. God does stuff because he wants to. God is our father. He does whatever he wants. So like I said, just like with that father, he did what he wanted to do to see fit to reward his son from coming back. And it's people that will get mad that this bad person that finally accepted Jesus gets stuff. Like, well, why they get stuff? I mean, it can be people like if a person did something bad and they accept Christ and God has mercy on them, that they're able to get out of jail or something like that, that something good happens and people get mad about that. But they have to understand that it's God's doing. It's nothing that, that our feelings have to go out of it, just like that son. Our feelings have to go out. And if we are believers in Christ, which we all are, just like what the father has said, God is telling us whatever I have, you have. Mm-hmm. I have peace so you can have peace, but you have to have it. You, the only way to get it is through me. But how can you, okay, so like, so, you, so when you say like you have peace, like peace, like, like say what, like the peace that, that God gives, like how is that different? The peace that God? Because we all know what peace means. So when we say like, so when we talk about God. We I just want, about, I just want peace and quiet. I just want, I, I can't wait till y'all graduate and I have some peace. But God is saying you can have peace. You can have physical peace, meaning once the kids leave a house, it'll be a quiet house or you can have and you can have the peace from me, meaning that through any situation, you know that I am with you. So if it's a chaotic situation, you can still have peace in that chaotic situation. Or if you have something where you don't know how something is going to happen. My car broke down. I don't know how I'm going to get to work. You can have peace in that situation, knowing, that God, knowing that God will uh, will provide for you through that situation. Go ahead, baby. I got a story. Well, it ain't my testimony, but it's a testimony I saw okay. about peace. Like, how you, how you could, like, like, example of, like, how you could have peace. In, is he laying down? Sit up. Well, um, this man, he was in prison. He was in prison. This is a true story. This is true. He was in prison for 37 years for a crime that he didn't even do. 
They had no evidence that he did the crime. The witnesses that they did have said that that they know for a fact that he wasn't, they know where he was. They proved where he was at the time the crime was being done. They had no fingerprints, nothing. Nobody saw him there. They locked him up for 37 years with nothing, 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 nothing at all. They had, he, he had people that said no, people that said he wasn't, that's where he was. They didn't even have nothing that said that he did the crime. But they needed to take somebody down. They needed to convict somebody for this. So he did 37 years in prison before they let him free. And they and this the man asked him, he said, How? How how did you do that? No, you sat in prison for a life like some people's lifetime. How you sit in prison just he said, Freedom is of the mind. Mm. He said, I went to prison, but my mind didn't go to prison. Mm. said, I was in prison, but my mind wasn't in prison. So he was like, that's how he got through. And I was like, wow, that's powerful. Because like I was thinking about scripture. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And he said, freedom is of the mind. I'm like, what? Like He sat in prison for 37 years knowing that nobody got nothing on you. You could literally be living your hope for 37 years. And then when you get out, you said, because freedom is of the mind. That got you through 37 years in prison, knowing that you shouldn't have been there. Somebody telling you when to wake up, go to sleep, and you a grown man. Like, when to sleep, you eating who knows what. Probably getting into fights. You know? Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? All that, you know you weren't supposed to be there. And then when you got up, when you got out, he said he kept it together because freedom is, freedom is of the mind. He said he he went to prison. He said he never thought he never what he said he was just in prison. Physically, mind was mentally prison. he wasn't. Wow. His mind was never in prison. He knew he didn't do it. His mind wasn't in prison. He was in prison. Wow. So that's I was thinking like that's that's like a good example of just peace. Like yeah. when you know like like just in the Lord, like you can you can just you can meditate and believe in the promises of Christ. You can yeah. just yes, really can. be free. In your mind with truth and peace. Yes, you can. That goes beyond understanding. Mm -hmm. All understanding, actually, is what Scripture says. Mm -hmm. That's all understanding. That's what I was thinking about, like, peace. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, that's got to be, you got to have some peace. That's only peace God can give. Yeah. Only peace God can give. So that's that's because it was like really peace and like peace God. God can only get you that through through that, the tough stuff. Like, and that's what we need. That's exactly what we need. That's why we have to, and just think, if we didn't know God, we wouldn't get that type of peace. You would always be searching for something else. Like, what can bring me peace? What? Let me get this. Let me do this. Maybe this will help. Maybe this. Nothing will bring you peace the way God can. Now, materialistic stuff can make you happy for a limited time only. Because like you're on. Huh? Like dogs. Right. Like yeah. Eventually, she's gonna die, and we're gonna die too. Yeah, yeah. What I'm saying is, the world and everything in it is going to pass. Yeah, it's going to pass away. Everything, the world, and everything in it. So, like, like, okay. For instance, one thing that everybody knows about is electronics, phones, or whatever the case may be. So, the new Xbox is coming out. You guys want it? Not really. You guys want it, but. You got an Xbox that's perfectly fine right now, but you want something else that that's that you think is better. 
So you're not content with the things that you have. And that's how it is with people that don't know Jesus. They're always searching for something else. I mean, people that know Jesus, too. It's just that you have to have that. You have to have the understanding. People are always searching. We are, we are always searching for something else to bring us happiness, to bring us we joy. We understand that Jesus is the abundance. Right. We look for more. Right. And when right. Jesus is more. Amen. Amen. Jesus is the abundance in itself. So just like that, that son that left, when he realized, how did I get here? He was like, whoa, let me step back and assess everything that happened. I need to go back home to my father, meaning I need to come back home to God because I'm living a way that I can't. I thought I was going to have peace. I thought I was going to have happiness, but I'm eating pig food. I'm in the mud eating pig food. How did I get here? And then that's when, like I said, the Holy, that's when he wanted something better. That's when he wanted a life changing event and that's accepting Christ. So even though the story is talking about him going back home to his dad, we're, we're, this it's actually talking about dad meaning God. So the story is us coming back to God, staying with God, not doing what we want to do because once we get out of once we get out of that square, that circle of Jesus the Holy Spirit and God, we have nothing. We absolutely have nothing. Thinking we're doing something, but it's absolutely nothing. That's like a person that, that's, that's riding a bike with no, with no tires on their bike. They can pedal as fast as they want, but they ain't getting nowhere. They ain't going anywhere. And that's how we are as people when we don't accept solely Jesus, but we look to what we want, our desires and stuff like that. So think about that story of that prodigal son, that reckless, that living wild, that just spending, just living a life that doesn't please us anything. Because he, in, in the end, he came back home where he originally was at. Now he doesn't have an inheritance. He spent everything that he has, but his father forgave him. Meaning Jesus will, Jesus will forgive you for anything, any and everything. If you come back to God, if you come back to God, Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit will consume you and you will be forgiven. All you have to do is repent. He came basically, like I said, that story, he came back to his dad and repented, said, Father, I'm, I'm, I'm not even worthy. To be your son no more. I'm not even worried. I'm not even. I, I don't deserve to be your son. I should not be your son no more by the way I live. That's what he's saying. But look at God. It's stuff that we do all the time where we don't deserve God's love, God's grace or anything. But God says, I love you. I forgive you. Don't do it no more. And so that's why we have to remember the prodigal son, because it's ways that we all can look at where we're like that. All, all five of us, we can look at ways where we don't want to accept something, but we want to do our own thing. 
And that's not the way to go. The way to go is to follow the rules, which is the Bible. God wrote them. He gave them to us for a reason. Okay? So I want y'all to understand that, that knowing Jesus, knowing God, coming back to him, that you can go to him and repent and God will forgive you. There's nothing, there is never nothing that you can do that is too bad for God to forgive you. 